Welcome back, everybody, for a comprehensive look at the week five trade market. My name is Byron Lambert, and we've got a lot of business to handle this week. So step into my office for the week five rosterwatch.com trade cast. We had great success last week. We'll get to those epic hits in just a minute. But first, I wasn't sure even 24 hours ago how this trade market was going to shape up, and it ended up turning out to be a huge, huge week on the trade market, the week five trade market. Uh, Guys, the 0-4 teams have to win this week. You must do everything possible to win if you are 0-4. You have no other options. You've been left with no other options. 1-3 teams, you guys have to find a way to go two for three in the next three weeks. you got to get two wins out of the next three weeks. It can be done. Both of those feats can be done. Stick with us right here all season long. Stick with us over at rosterwatch.com. That's actually, I go to the inside those message boards and that's, I take my observations from those message boards and certainly pull from some of those and integrate that into this conversation and the analysis of the trade market every week. So I encourage you to, to join us over there and uh, Alex and myself, we answer many, many questions personally throughout the week over at rosterwatch.com. And guys, this is a good time to remind you that these are all the moves that we make in our own leagues. I cannot stress that enough. Everything we come on these podcasts and instruct you to do, everything we inform you to do through the tools on the website, all of that is simply us mapping out exactly what we're doing in our own personal leagues and relaying it or transmitting it over to you guys. Um, we map all of that out. So everything I'm telling you to do here, I am going to, when this podcast is over, I'm going to go inside my own personal league and try to do uh, many of these things myself. Um, and you guys can do the same with all the tools all the podcasts over at rosterwatch.com with a pro subscription uh, or for free over at Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the Rosterwatch podcast over at Apple Podcasts. Uh, guys, one thing this week um, that we need to realize is things can change so much in even one week. We have to strike while the iron is hot. Uh, a lot of the chicken littles who listened last week but were too scared to act are realizing that they're one week too late. So don't be a chicken little this week. Don't be late to the party when you know we need to take advantage of these trade opportunities every week of the season in order to optimize our rosters kind of step by step incrementally throughout the season as we build up for the arms race known as the fantasy playoffs. We want the big, big artillery. Uh, and, and that involves making meaningful upgrades to our roster via the trade market. Guys, we're not just trading to trade. I see so much of this in the message board and it's a real head scratcher for me. Every week we need to look at the trade market. We need to look at our roster like a puzzle. We need to consider that we have a table with all the pieces, a whole bunch of pieces laid out in front of us. We gotta figure out how can we best arrange those to make the best picture possible for our team. You know, I get, you know, I get all kinds of just, you know, random things, you know, it's like, why, you know, why trade, uh, you know, why trade a good running back for Deshaun Watson when you have Carson Wentz? I see these kind of things all the time on the message board. How does that make any sense? You know, you know, what you should do in that circumstance is think to yourself, wait a second, why don't I take Carson Wentz and a low end sell high flex guy from my roster 
and then make a trade for that perceived quarterback upgrade, maybe to a guy like Watson or whomever it is you've zeroed in in on. If you're inclined to make that kind of move, you know, I see so many of you guys vo- focused on making what I consider marginal moves at the quarterback position. There's so many other things you could be doing to optimize your rosters instead. Remember, we mostly want to be leveling up Roster Watch Nation, and we do that through two-for-one trades all season long. We want to make as many two-for-one trades this season as we can. You should set that as a personal goal. How many two-for-one trades can you make this year? You should break your personal record in the past. This is how we're going to constantly be consolidating the equity on our roster, shipping it off for a premium player in return, and then replacing that uh, roster spot, which has been liberated, with another high-value guy off the waiver wire. And we're just going to rinse and repeat, and we do that over the course of the season. We're going to harden. We're going to fortify our roster, and then eventually we are going to ship all of that forward to our uh, starting roster, we're going to have an absolute monster heading into the playoffs. So make sure and stick with us. The trade market's big every week, and I try to uh, make it very digestible and actionable for you guys right here on the Tradecast uh, every single week. Um, so remember that that is the main mandate throughout the season: are two for one trades, where we send two trade, or we send two players in a trade for one player in return, where we get the best player back. Guys, we almost always want to be receiving the best player in any deal. Uh, you know, also look at look at look at what your team needs. You know, why be lazy and accept a trade offer for a wide receiver when it's really a running back that you need? Again, this is something another mistake I see in the message boards over at rosterwatch.com. Even when it's a decent offer, we don't just do trades to do trades. Uh, there's nothing wrong either with sitting on the sidelines in a given week if it's not the right time for us. But most of the time, we can improve our roster on almost a weekly basis by utilizing the trade market. This is the podcast you come to every week for that breakdown where we simplify it uh, every week of the season. I'm going to give you the targets, and we're going to get to all of those here shortly. Um, you know, but one, one other thing that I want you to consider is are you pushing must-start players to your bench? When you're making trades, this is another mistake that I'm seeing. Guys, I'm trying to step you through how we can be strategic to optimize our rosters over the course of the season. And some of these moves are just nonsensical. They're irrational. And we want to be rational actors. You know, why trade your best wide receiver for a stud by low running back in a league where you have two stud running backs already and you know, the format doesn't allow you to start three in any given week. So by you know default, then one of those stud running backs, if you make this trade, is going to be on your bench every week. And, you're, you know, at the same time, you're somewhat thin at wide receiver. Again, this is nonsensical, even if you like the running back that you're being offered. These are the types of things we need to consider as we're making uh, these two-for-one trades that we're offering as we're crafting them, as we are receiving uh, you know the offers that we undoubtedly will from other teams throughout the season. Sometimes throughout this process, we do have to balance trade value in these deals by going with a two for two trade, or preferably a three for two trade, where we send three players for two in return. Um, we would utilize uh, these constructions uh, in an instance where maybe the principal trade pieces in the trade aren't of equal value so we have to kind of reconcile the deal 
uh, you know, by adding a few other players in to, to balance it out. And ideally, we always, as I've said, want to do two for one trades, guys. Um, but three for twos are the very close cousin of two for ones. So we can certainly do those when necessary. And then, of course, a two for two trade can be considered on a case by case, you know, basis or when necessary. Sometimes we need to split hairs when we're crafting these trades or accepting these trades by balancing our rosters as well. You know, maybe we've got a fair deal, but we can't decide if we want to take the extra running back or the extra wide receiver. Well, we're short at wide receiver. You know, we should probably take the wide receiver. The other thing is we typically caution against. Sometimes these make sense, but, uh, you know, rarely does a one-for-one trade of players at the same position ever make much sense. It's just so unclear to decide whether this is a good trade for you or not most of the time uh, that, you know, overall, those are just not realistic trades. Can it work out sometimes? Sure, there's always exceptions and um, you know if you have a question about one of those come over to the message boards at rosterwatch.com and either Alex or I or the trash man or one of our great members of roster watch nation will certainly hop right in and um, you know help you with your conundrum at the end of a hard week it's great to sit down take some time off and watch some football game winning touchdowns on two minute drives running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should play too. Look, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. They will double your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER. Visit mybookie.ag today and use promo code ROSTER to double your first deposit. At mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Uh, One of the, uh, finally, guys, before we get to the principal, you know, the big hits from week four and to our big trade targets for week five, the last, I touched on this earlier, but I want to just say it one more time. The last mistake I'm seeing very commonly uh, among players is, overpaying for a quarterback in the trade market. Let's let's try to avoid this. Let's try to focus on our skill players. All right, before we fire up all of the trade targets, all the buys, all the sells of the running back and wide receiver market uh, for week five, along with many other players, is a very, very deep week. We've got a big episode in store for you guys here, so stick with me. Let's hit, let's hit all of the uh, – let's, let's take a look back – a stroll down memory lane into the from the trade cast last week in week four, where it was an epic, epic haul, an epic hit for Roster Watch Nation. Guys, we told you to sell Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead last week. That turned out to be gold. We told you to sell Miles Sanders last week. That's looking pretty darn good. We said you could sell Austin Eckler last week, but we we slow played that last last week uh, with 
some foresight that this week, this week would ultimately be a better spot. We'll get to that in a second. We told you to sell Mark Ingram high last week. That was tits. We told you to sell Joe Mixon high last week. Wheels up. We told you to sell Philip Lindsay high last week. Uh, that that worked out. I mean, he came back down to earth, and that thing is a cannibalistic timeshare with Royce Freeman, who's looking pretty darn good. Uh, as he's continuing to grow in his young career. We told you to buy Josh Jacobs uh, with the first matchup and what's many good matchups to come here for a big, big stretch for the Oakland Raiders rookie running back. You got guy, you're seeing people tweet around today that he's the number one rookie you know, in the league or rookie to own this year. Out coming off a good game, there's many more in store. So Josh Jacobs was an unbelievable buy for Roster Watch Nation last week. James White, we told you to get back in the game with James White. He got back in the game. Uh, sent Rex Burkhead packing and James White with a very respectable game. It, it, it you know, it's always was supposed to be a, mainly a one-two punch with Sony Michelle, James White, and with a little bit of a you know committee guys behind that mixed in this season. Michelle, they're 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 doing that. They are committing to that. Michelle's not taking advantage, so you wonder when that thing will devolve. But when it does, that's not going to hurt James White. can only be more action for him. So he's pretty locked in as uh, to his role on the Patriots, and it, it's not going to get any smaller. David Montgomery didn't have the big numbers this last week. We told you that he's a decent trade target. He's actually a pretty good trade target, as we were saying. He was having the slow creep with his touches and his snap percentage every week. These are the things, guys, that we talk about every week on this podcast that are predictive of things to come. So we said, if you can get in low on David Montgomery, go for it, but be cautious. It's going to be a tough matchup next week, but this is something you can sell to his owners that are, uh, you know, willing to consider shipping him off. And look, David Montgomery didn't have the big week last week, but he had massive touch volume here. I'm going over the snap count touches and targets tool right now available to our pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com where we track all the snap counts, touches and targets for every player and every matchup in fantasy all season long and you just pull up week four Chicago Bears and you'll notice that hey for David Montgomery 69% snap count that's right in the range that we've been aiming for is that if we can get him to 70 anything above 66% guys is fine for our RB2 and above really you know our high-end RB2 66% snap count and above we really want to be at 70 above David Montgomery has been trending in that direction he got the 69 this week we're so close but big the big news is he got the 24 touches the 24 touches in week four on the heels of a week three uh, where he also had a 67% snap count percentage. So we're locking into that range for David Montgomery. He's getting the touches. It's good things to come. That was a smart, smart buy last week uh, right here. Uh, on the trade cast. Latavius Murray, a guy we said that last week, look, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, this is probably the opportunity you've been waiting for to try to get your hands on Latavius Murray for cheap. Uh, that continues to be the case this week. We'll talk about him a little bit more, um, but he, he, he petered out once again. So uh, that, you know, that was a prescient, another prescient uh, piece from uh, from last week, James Conner by low. He had the bounce back. That was another prediction last week, along with the big, big, big fish last week. We told you that this was the last time in my career I could go on, you know, in front of our audience and stump big for Leonard Fournette. But I told you guys I was taking one last stand, and uh, boy did that work out uh, super big for Leonard Fournette. 
owners last week. We told you to sell Allen Robinson. That's looking good. We told you to sell Sammy Watkins. That's looking really, really good. We told you to sell Tyrell Williams. Yeah, he got the touchdown this last week. We'll talk about him in a minute, but he sure didn't do much else. If you didn't sell him last week, you sure should this week. We told you to sell Will Fuller last week. Wheels up, guys. Told you we weren't feeling Adam Thielen last week. Neither was Kirk Cousins. As those two had to fall out, Kirk Cousins turned into our nice neighbor Kirk Cousins after the fact and has since uh, you know issued a public apology to Adam Thielen. That thing could that pendulum could swing back around a little bit again. We'll talk about that for Week Five moving forward. But as far as the sell last week, that was beautiful. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, same thing. We told you to buy Devontae Adams. If there was a bigger play than Leonard Fournette, it could have only been Devontae Adams uh, last week in terms of the buy market. Michael Thomas. We said get in on Michael Thomas for a discount if you can't get in on Devontae Adams and or DeAndre Hopkins. If you did it, you're feeling good. He came off the nine targets. Drew Brees is inching closer every week uh, to a comeback. Speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, Another soft week for him. We'll, we'll get to him in a second. We've still maybe got one of the few opportunities in his career to swoop in and uh, uh, capture him uh, through the trade market. No, very rare event. Robert Woods, Stefan Diggs told all of you guys, if you need a sneaky, cheap buy low wide receiver with high-end wide receiver two potential, uh, that's Robert Woods and Stefan Diggs could certainly be you guys. Those of you who listened, you're feeling like absolute kings right now, roster watch kings. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson told you he was probably a hold, but if he needed to sell, it would need to be for a king's ransom. If you followed any of that, that worked out. And told you Greg, old man Greg Olson, keep him, ride the wave if you, wave if you need to. But he was a guy that certainly, if you could consolidate him into a George Kittle on by or you know one of these other rising tight ends it was certainly something to consider all right folks let's turn our attention over to week five at first uh let's remember that we are hosting a live sit start every sunday of the nfl season for anybody it's free and we're doing it we're that's a that is a a a co-branded initiative with our good friends the flex network who've come up through the roster watch community i hop on over to that uh, oh it's over on youtube live on the official one of the official roster watch uh, youtube channels we'll post the link every sunday morning before 10 a.m eastern over at rosterwatch.com this is a free live place to come interact with us where you can ask your sit start questions as you're formalizing your starting rosters late on sunday mornings i'll hop on over there as soon as the uh, Sirius XM show is over the game day edition of the rosterwatch.com uh, Sirius XM fantasy sports channel on uh, the rosterwatch.com show over there. You guys can always catch that from 10 to 11 Eastern uh, on Sunday mornings. That's uh, Alex and myself. But uh, again, look for the live sit start on Sunday mornings. That's a cool new feature this year. I'm enjoying doing it. And I think our users are getting a lot out of it. And the guys over at the flex network, we're proud of what the, what they're doing. They're doing great work. And you know, you know, we, we want to continue to help them grow, especially under that roster watch umbrella. As a matter of fact, we'd like to see more of you guys come up like that. Contact me. Uh, rosterwatch at gmail.com if any of you other guys are as maniacal as they are and uh, think you have what it takes uh, to be that type of contributor um, of course we'll be referencing all of the tools and all the content that we reference uh, throughout this podcast uh, everything here that I use for my analysis for the week 5 trade market guys all of that can be found at rosterwatch.com with a pro subscription it's cheaper than a fair trade uh, cup of coffee and again, please, guys, go over to the Apple Podcast, 
Subscribe to the Roster Watch, uh, Roster Watch podcast. Leave us a glowing rating and a glowing review, a five-star rating and a glowing review. And uh, we could not appreciate that more. That's very, very central to us uh, continuing to, to grow and provide more of this, this content that you guys love every single year. And then, of course, follow us on Twitter at Rosterwatch. We have an Instagram at Rosterwatch that hopefully we're going to be in growing a little bit more as well. All right, guys, the wide receiver market for uh, week five continues to be very, very rich. But let's begin with one of the biggest fish in all of fantasy. It's the big, big headline today, everybody. It's Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants uh, closing in on a return. Uh, Our opportunity may have passed uh, to zero in on him and to gobble him up onto our winning rosters. But still, if I'm a 4-0 team, maybe if I'm a 3-1 team even, I'm still going to take a big stab at Saquon Barkley uh, and his owner this week. You know, Of course, if he's there, the Barkley owner is 0-4 or 1-3 in my league. Uh, with this news today coming out that Barkley is – on the good side of a return closer than uh, coming back sooner than later, closer than we might've expected. It's going to take two really good players to land Saquon Barkley, even from a losing 0 and 4, 1 and 3 Saquon Barkley team. Again, guys, we're going to take a big stab at Saquon Barkley still, even, even despite this positive news for him today, if we're 4 and 0, if we're 3 and 1, we're taking a big, big stab at Saquon Barkley, one of the biggest fish in all of fantasy this week. If his owner happens to be 0 and 4 or 1 and 3, with the news today, it's going to take two really good players to land Saquon Barkley, but that's fine if you have the depth to do it, and it would be an amazing move. We'll get to some examples uh, towards the end of the podcast of maybe the type of deal we would consider crafting in order to obtain Saquon Barkley from a losing and desperate uh, team this week. Let's go on and continue with some of the other running backs that are definitively in the buy column for me this week in the week five trade market. Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. So we kind of slow played this one last week right here on this podcast. He was a guy we could have targeted last week, and certainly there were deals that were consummated, and uh, those were certainly fine. Uh, however, we had a feeling if we slow played it, we might be able to put ourselves in a better position because you know right now you, have, you likely have a panic to very panic Austin Eckler owner uh, who's at the risk of just – of the bottom falling out. That's the prospect that he's facing in his mind. And his owners are very used to the high that they've gotten here on the early season with Austin Eckler. Uh, Many of them were greedy last week and decided they were going to ride it out for one last monster in Miami, the, you know, elite matchup instead of just getting what they could when they could uh, from the Melvin Gordon owner. You know, now the Austin Eckler owners have to pay the price. This is the perfect time for Melvin Gordon owners uh, this is the moment we were waiting for. Uh, you know, Eckler's opportunities seemingly are on the verge of drying up. So what's his owner going to do? This is our best opportunity uh, to attempt to get him before a Gordon owner. Hopefully some rational heads will prevail and some of you guys will be able to consummate a deal. There may be others who are just firmly entrenched in the camp that they're keeping Eckler because he's a flex moving forward. If that's the case, two things could happen. A, you just may not come to a deal in your league, which if that happens, that's okay. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, but guys, sometimes you have to think about flipping this on the head. Let's, 
let's come from the back door. Let's reverse this thing on these people a little bit. That's fine. If you're that in love with Austin Eckler and you don't want to part with him for something reasonable, why don't you take Melvin Gordon off my hands? As a matter of fact, if you're panicked and in a frenzy, why don't I just get you to overpay for Melvin Gordon right now? Uh, So that's something that I think we need to consider. You're going to need to get two good players for Melvin Gordon if you make that kind of move. Um, But we definitely need to try to inflict some pain into the Austin Eckler owners uh, this week. Joe Mixon on the buy side of the running back market. Guys, he was on the sell side of the running back market last week. I just cited how that was a big, big win for Roster Watch Nation. He's been an epic failure uh, to begin the season. But look, that's a guy that we almost completely, if not entirely, faded preseason in our drafts. over at rosterwatch.com using the draft cheat sheet. So I told you to sell them last week, but now the bottom has seemingly fallen out with another pedestrian game. It's a decent schedule the next month next month or so for Joe Mixon. The snap counts aren't what we like. Uh, they're more at that 60% mark. You heard what I said earlier about we want 66% and above. We really like 70% above. Uh, you know, especially for any kind of RB2 we want to rely on. So th- there is the circumstance where Joe Mixon may just be a bad play this season, a good player on a bad team, and that's very much what went into our calculations for fading him preseason and our drafts. Still, though, everybody has their price. There's a point where almost anybody can become a buy low, especially somebody like this. And if he can be had for cheap enough, we can become interested in adding a very good young NFL player, a three-down back with workhorse potential and massive upside in Joe Mixon. Uh, less than 15 touches per game on the season is worrisome. Less than well, He's 3.75 targets per game on the season. Guys, you can find all of these stats over on the tools at rosterwatch.com. Uh, that's where I go to put all of this together every week. Uh, his yards per carry only 3.2 yards per carry for joe mixon and guys you can sort the tools the touchdown dependency tool is awesome you can sort it by all these categories it makes it a lot easier to identify some of this uh some of these characteristics of these players his 3.2 yards per carry joe mixon's 3.2 yards per carry looks bad on paper but it is up from the 2.8 yards per carry he had on the season last week Uh, so it was 4.1 yards per carry for joe mixon uh in week four He had 18 touches uh, on average the last two weeks, including five targets on Monday Night Football this last week. Uh, So, of course, we're still a little worried about the snap count, but, you know, he seems to be a guy that when he's in, they're giving him the ball, and we've seen a little bit of a slow creep. He had the 19 touches this last week. We know Joe Mixon's the kind of guy that gets exponentially better with volume, uh, and clearly he's their best goal line back, so, you know, Rightfully so, you should be very weary of Joe Mixon this season, but every player has their price. Any player can become a buy low, especially one with the elite traits uh, and capabilities of a Joe Mixon. Uh, I would recommend that this is worth exploring. A little bit of a smaller player here on the running back buy side. Guys, a few cats getting out of the bag right as I'm sitting down to record this. Ahead of the curve as usual uh, over at Roster Watch. Uh, but still, let's talk about him. Uh, Devin Singletary, back, uh, running back, rookie running back of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he's back at practice, uh, is uh, in a limited role so today, uh, as, of, uh, as of today. Uh, you know, but 
prior to this news, we definitely had some curse, cursory interest in Devin Singletary as a sneaky move, a sneaky ad, especially if he is limited and or out again this week. And, and that looks like maybe uh, we're not going to we're not going to have that to our advantage. And it's trending away from that at the moment. But guys, we can still have a little bit of interest here. Maybe the not everybody is in a league that's so sharp that Devin Singletary is like a coveted player. You know, this, this is the way I tend to think of things because it's how it is in my league uh, or in my leagues. Uh, he obviously he looked very good in the limited action we saw. Uh, if his owners aren't super married to him or super savvy, you know, maybe they're not married to him. And so he's the kind of guy I can get interested in if I can get him as a throw in uh, and some type of deal. Again, this is more likely if he continues to miss any time. This You'll need to monitor his situation closely. Um, you know, you could also do a small one-for-one trade, you know, maybe where you send a wide receiver three or wide receiver four type to devil, a Devin Singletary owner. If both of you guys need to kind of balance your roster, that's something else I might see there or explore. I touched on it earlier. Latavius Murray was on the buy category for Alvin Kamara owners, a coveted high efficiency yield handcuff preseason. Um, was not a realistic handcuff option for most Alvin Kamara owners. This is the opportunity we've been waiting for. I am an Alvin Kamara owner. Uh, only seven touches total the last two weeks for Latavius Murray. So, uh, you know, I would try again if I were the Kamara owner, which I am one. So I'm going to try again this week uh, 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 a more focused effort on getting Latavius Murray to get that Alvin Kamara situation uh, locked up. Obviously, I'm not giving a whole lot for Latavius Murray, but I'm at least going to try and see what it looks like in my league. And, and guys, the other situation is Latavius Murray could obviously be dropped uh, sooner than later uh, in any league as well as something else that you might want to keep an eye on if you're not able to get him uh, via the trade market. All right, let's go over to the sell side of the running back market. Then we'll hop over to wide receivers. Then I got a whole list of players that maybe are somewhat in purgatory or limbo that I have some thoughts on, and we'll get you out of here with examples of trades that we might make this week that we will attempt to make this week in our own leagues with many of the players discussed today. So Jordan Howard, uh, Philadelphia Eagle coming off the three touchdown monster has been a total flop to begin the season. Uh, this is the moment you guys were waiting for you, Jordan Howard owners. He's over 50% touchdown, uh, dependent on the season at less than 12 touches per game on only a 53% snap count in a Doug Peterson offense with Miles Sanders nipping at his heels. No, thank you, Jordan Howard. Uh, you guys need to go get everything you can for Jordan Howard right now. Ideally, you'll package him and another player and level up in a two-for-one deal. The two-for-one deals that I am trying to hammer into you guys' heads, uh, we need to make as many, we need to set personal records this year for how many two-for-one trades where we're getting the one best player in return that we can make in our fantasy leagues this year. I promise you guys, you'll come back to me at the end of the season and tell me you had one of your best fantasy years ever running backs on the sell side of the market Todd Gurley uh, week seven at Atlanta and week eight at home versus Cincinnati I'm definitely interested in those matchups for Todd Gurley but overall I'm down on him right now uh, I think the concerns from the preseason haven't totally alleviated 
The touchdowns could be masking an underlying problem for Todd Gurley at nearly 40% touchdown dependency. Might consider selling him high uh, while I can if I'm a Todd Gurley owner. He's got the short week this week at Seattle with a guy who they're trying to manage his knee. Uh, I don't like him on a short week. Uh, you know, he did. He was a little bit limited last week. We'll get to a second as far as his, his volume. Um, his snap counts were good, seventy five percent. Still looking for, good for Todd Gurley, but they were limiting his touches. Maybe in uh, foresight of you know, this matchup with Seattle on a short week, but that's hard to imagine because they needed to try hard to win that game against Tampa Bay. So I'm not sure that came into play. And then next week on paper, it's at least even a tougher matchup against San Francisco uh, at San Francisco for Todd Gurley. So this is a guy who's week seven, week eight, I'm interested in the matchups, not really interested in his matchups so much week five and week six, a little bit touchdown dependent. He's getting the baseline baseline snap counts that we do like around 75%. That's certainly encouraging. But the two touchdowns on 12 touchdowns last week, have to at least consider seeing if you can package Todd Gurley for an elite running back or straight up for one of the elite wide receivers we'll get to in a bit. Uh, Maybe we'll do a Todd Gurley example of a Todd Gurley trade at the end of this podcast. You guys stick with me. James Conner, Pittsburgh Steelers, just a guy I just do not trust. Uh, I faded him, you know, in most of our, in all of my drafts and tried to make it that way with the construction of our draft cheat sheets where there wasn't a whole you know you can't fade anybody in the first round completely but you don't want a ton we didn't want an overexposure we wanted less than average exposure noticeably less significantly less than average exposure to james connor this season we were able to pull that off so far to the benefit of roster watch nation look if we if he's a guy we don't trust and we're on the sell side of the running back market here for the week five uh, fantasy football trade market uh if it wasn't for the ankle you know that's looking like uh, is a little bit dinged up for James Conner. I think we'd be in an even better spot to sell him right now. Unfortunately, you know, we're not. But I'm still going to check the scene out coming off the big game. You know, his bottom line fantasy production looked pretty good on the surface uh, this last week. But, you know, anybody in the know, we all saw our guy Jalen Samuels reemerging this last week. We'll see if that holds up. It should if the Steelers – are rational actors, which I'm not sure that we can assume they are. Jalen Samuels should consider uh, continue to stay involved. And look, it's still only 18 touches last week and a 64% snap count for James Conner. Now I realize some of that snap count was because of his limitations with the ankle as the game went on. Um, but he's just a guy I, I always worry about a little bit about his durability too. Less than 10 points per game so far on the season for James Conner in standard. Less than 16 touches per game on the season so far for James Conner. He has been getting the five targets per game, which is a really solid number for a player like them. So, uh, you know, I'm just not totally buying it. I would see what I could fetch for James Conner in exchange for a player that I just straight up trust more. LaShawn McCoy, he's been a good running back too at 12 touches per game on a 40 to 45% snap count. With durability concerns and Damian Williams on the verge of a return uh, back at practice today, I'd ship LaShawn McCoy out for a premium player while the narrative still exists that he's the 1A in Kansas City. And you're obviously going to have to package him with another guy in order to pull that off. But that's fine because that's what we want to do is we want to do these two-for-one trades. So just you know, take inventory of some of the other 
uh, players that you hear throughout this podcast on the sell side of things that you might roster. And if you've got LaShawn McCoy, take a couple of those guys, get them together this week, and ship them out for the best player you can get in return. Um, if Damian Williams hadn't been reported back to practice today, again, we'd be in an even better spot there. But that is the news coming in, and we got to deal in reality, and we got to make the best decisions uh, with the information that we have at hand, and then let the chips fall where they may. Daryl Williams, same thing. Kansas City running back has been stellar the last couple weeks, uh, you know. But obviously, a guy we're even more, way more weary of than LaShawn McCoy. Who the hell knows what happens with him, with Damian Williams coming back? You know, by the way, who the hell knows what Damian Williams is, is going to happen with him as well? You, ha- you know, half of me wonders has he kind of lost his job in some way? Maybe we shouldn't be too surprised, but. We'll get to him a little bit later. If Darrell Williams, Kansas City Chiefs running back, has value in your league, I would consider shipping him off. You know, for you know whatever within reason I could get right now. And then of course Wayne Gallman. Uh, we were looking to pillage a struggling Saquon Barkley owner this week, and that ship may have sailed today with the news uh, that Barkley is getting really close to return. We spoke about that earlier, um, so. If I'm a Wayne Gallman owner right now, you know, don't don't be like the Austin Eckler owner necessarily, unless you need him for a win this week. Some of us do. If you have the luxury that you don't, you know, you might not want to be like the Austin Eckler owner last week who gets, it, you know, it wants to squeeze every drop out of the lemon and then you're kind of left you know, high and dry. It's up to you. Wayne Gallman was just a waiver wire pickup, so you know, whatever you can get, you're probably happy with and. That might just be playing him for another week or two and getting some wins and plugging along. But since we can't really pillage the struggling Barkley owner in all the likelihood anymore with it sounding like Barkley close to coming back, maybe if they're 0-4, we can still work something pretty favorable there. Um, uh, you know, I think you've got to just find the Barkley owner or another losing team who is absolutely desperate for a running back or flex this play this week. Um, and you got to try to get... Uh, something done. So if I'm going to the Barkley owner, uh, you know, I'll send him Wayne Gallman this week for, you know, just a buy low flex that I like. You know, even if it's kind of like a flex two, a buy low flex two that I like, a buy low flex that I like, something in that range uh, is what I want to get for Gallman if I don't need him and I want to get what I can for him from the Saquon Barkley owner. This week, the other situation I might look at is if there's a losing team who's desperate for a running back this week, and maybe has somebody. This is probably going to have to be an 0 and 4 team. Maybe they have somebody like Carryon Johnson who's on by this week. Uh, you could try to track somebody like Carryon down this week with maybe an enticing like two for one offer where you send Wayne Gallman and another flex player. Uh, you know that. Um, would help that losing team win this week and for the you know foreseeable future. You're going to have to send them two solid flex players that are, are like legitimate guys if you want to get something done in a scenario like that. And, and by the way, that if I didn't mention it earlier, you know, one other thing that we need to consider, guys, of course we always want to start high and buy low and you know all these kind of different things, right? And we want to we want to get the best of these deals, right? But in the end, most people aren't just getting run, railroaded and run over and totally, 
you know, ripped off. And you're going to have to be a little bit realistic in these situations. If you want to, you could send out a million offers a week, but if you want to get some things done, you do have to be a little bit realistic. And one thing that you can consider is for these losing teams that are 0 and 4, even the 1 and 3 teams, when you're approaching them for a trade, one, one way you can improve your chances of getting something done uh, swiftly, expeditiously, is look at their roster and, I mean, a lot of times they have their lineup set so you can see what they perceive as their best starting lineup for the week. But if not, or you know, if not, you can look at their lineup and get an idea for what their best starting lineup is for the week. So if you're going to try to pillage a losing team, that's a great idea. I mean, we highly recommend that. That's what we do at Roster Watch. Those are the kind of folks that we are. But if you want to be realistic about getting it done, you need to do a deal that's not going to really affect their best starting lineup this week. If you make that offer to them, if it helps them win this week, if it helps them win this week, and you know that's the main thing. So if you make them an offer that helps them win this week, that's the most likely way you're going to get something done with one of these losing teams. So just be conscious of that when you're crafting something, these offers for these losing teams that we're telling you, you know, identify every week. Identify two things. Identify every week. Figure out do I have any sell high players on my roster? That's one way that I can save a whole lot of time every week is how many sell high players are on my roster? Do I have any? If I don't, maybe I can, you know, maybe I, maybe this isn't the week or, you know, for me to spend a whole lot of time, uh, you know, on the trade market. The other thing every week is we need to go see who the losing bottom feeder teams are in our league. But you have to realize when you make those guys an offer, you, yes, we should be taking advantage of them. We should be getting the best of them. But you have to make an offer that still puts them in the best position to win uh, this week. That's something, you know, to, to keep in mind. Instead of Otherwise, you're going to waste a lot of time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's hop over to the wide receivers and the wide receivers in the week five trade market, uh, fantasy football trade market. Again, we'll start over on the buy side just like we did uh, with the running backs, we told you it's once again a very rich week over on the wide receiver trade market. I can't imagine a better week on the wide receiver trade market. If I need a wide receiver, this is the week I'm getting in, and I'm going to land one of these guys. These are these are big, big fish. Last week was a good week. This week is a better week. A lot of you guys got something done last week for Devontae Adams. I suspect some of you guys got something done for Michael Thomas last week. I don't think you guys got anything done for DeAndre Hopkins last week, but I do think that this is one of the rare opportunities where we actually have a shot at DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best players in all of fantasy. It hasn't been one of the best starts. It's only been nine targets per game, and it's just kind of been underwhelming what's going on there in Houston. But that's a guy, guy he's, you got to take your chances. If I lose with DeAndre Hopkins, so be it. He's one of the best players in all of fantasy. Uh, I mean, based on how he started, you know, simple mathematics tell us he's going to have some oh, huge outbursts here down the stretch. And it's too poor, two very pedestrian weeks back-to-back out of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, people aren't uh, – people are concerned a little bit about Houston. And, you know, listen, I'm not sure I would make this trade this week. Last week – and we'll get to both of these guys. Last week in my own personal leagues, I offered Devontae Freeman and Cortland Sutton for DeAndre Hopkins, hoping to get it done, thinking it – was probably on the conservative side of an offers that, you know, 
it probably wouldn't get done, but I was going to take a shot with that. That's all I was really willing to give up. I didn't have a team full of bot, sell high guys, and I needed a win last week, and that's just – you know, that's where I was at. And also in our leagues, man, you know, I play with, there's other experts in our leagues, but some guys are just guys who've played with us for many, many years. And even if you send them the fairest offer in the world, because it's coming from one of us, they think automatically that we are trying to swindle them badly. So they are suspicious and I just really won't even, uh, you know, uh, engage us. So I wasn't able to land DeAndre Hopkins last week, and it turns out I, that worked out for me. Cortland Sutton, Devontae Freeman rebounded nicely for me. Uh, I got the win. So yeah, that worked out, and I think we're in a better position this week to go after, go after Hopkins uh, now. So, uh, you know, the, the, it, what was good only got, uh, you know, better. And so when I think about it, I'm not sure – I would even offer Cortland Sutton and Devontae Freeman anymore for Hopkins. You know, the sign of a great trade, of a fair trade, is usually that both sides have to feel a little pain. And, you know, maybe the honest truth is that that would be a fair trade where both sides feel a little bit of pain. It hurts to give up DeAndre Hopkins. I'd feel like I'm giving up a little bit too much in Freeman and Sutton. I'm I'm not sure I would do that, but... We're somewhere in that range right now where I think something like that, what didn't work last week could actually work this week. You know, modify your offers accordingly. But if you want Hopkins, you're going to have very few opportunities in fantasy to ever get DeAndre Hopkins, possibly the, you know, generally speaking, the overall number one wide receiver in all of fantasy. You know, we can't win them all, but this is this is a risk we got to consider taking. If we don't want DeAndre Hopkins or we can't get DeAndre Hopkins, our boy, uh, you know, it, Odell Beckham. I mean, guys, we've been scouting him since LSU Pro Day, an absolute sensation and always one of our pl- favorite players in the league. Uh, only 16% touchdown uh, dependency for Odell Beckham. So far on the season. So what then? We know that's a guy that's going to score touchdowns with Baker Mayfield. So with us, what that tells us is that that indicates quite a bit of upside because you would expect Odell Beckham to be in more in the 30 to 40 percent range. And I mean, he's already at 9.2 points per game in standard on 9.25 targets per game. And you got a feeling that thing's only heating up there in Cleveland. So we've had kind of back to back pedestrian games for Odell Beckham. And you're not going to get him on a cheap. But again, this is going to be one of our rare opportunities to trade for an absolute stud at wide receiver. And I'll tell you, in the leagues where you got to start three wide receivers, I, look, I'm the type of guy that always plays uh, by my theory that I uh, I measure my wide receiver core as a group. I don't really look at my individual wide receivers so much. I, they behave more as a group over the long term and that's been a winning formula for me i will say though the deeper you get when you're in a league that's got to start three or can start four wide receivers it makes it pretty tough if you don't have one anchor guy uh because before you know it you're going you know you're a not you're you're kind of a notch behind all the way down the scale or all the way down the ladder pretty pretty soon you're you know your bottom guy is pretty bottom bottom barrel there's a big drop off there so that's that is something to be uh, a little bit conscientious about guys another star young wide receiver we got to see him at training camp this summer uh he was at the very top of the waiver wire cheat sheet early on the season that is probably one of my personal 
favorite trade targets this week for week five is Marquise Hollywood Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. It's been two down weeks in a row, but he's getting the snap counts. He's getting the targets. And Marquise Brown is a player with massive upside in a given week. And what I would consider very solid upside on the on the season as a whole. So this is a good time to get Marquise Brown for a fair or below market value um, price if you need a kick ass wide receiver three with you know a lot more upside to burn than that. Hollywood Brown is a player to chase this week. I'll tell you that Alex uh, he absolutely loves Josh Gordon right now on the trade market. He went out and. Went hard after Josh Gordon on the trade market in his one of our personal leagues this week. So it, it was mainly with the upcoming schedule uh, that Alex is so enticed by. But I'll let you guys check that out. You know, go, come over to the site, come over to rosterwatch.com, use the tools, all the tools we're talking about here. See what you think about Josh Gordon. You'll probably find out why Alex likes him so much. But I had to put him on here. He's a potential buy low wide receiver. I mean, if he's anything near, if he can turn into anything near the Josh Gordon of old, you know, with Antonio Brown out of the picture and some great matchups on the way, it could be a really good run here during an important part of the stretch for of the season for Josh Gordon. Juju Smith-Schuster, plain and simple, he may just be a player to avoid this season. Uh, he's another guy that I faded big in round two in fantasy drafts this year, and that was reflected in our tools. 6.7 targets per game are very, very bad for Juju so far this season. He, obviously, he's playing with the backup, young backup quarterback and Mason Rudolph. Uh, but, but, you know, but by definition, Juju Smith-Schuster is a buy low. So he's on the list, and you know, see what the market is for him in your league. I, I don't mind adding any of these guys if it's at the right price. Curtis Samuel, Carolina Panthers at almost eight targets per game and 20% touchdown dependency. If he's not valued in your league, which I just don't think he is right now, and it's kind of understandably so with the quarterback situation there, I'm certainly willing to take Curtis Samuel back as a throw-in type on any deal. Uh, you know, Or if I needed a receiver, I would even – it's going to be hard to do a two-for-one for Curtis Samuel. More than likely, you're going to try to get him as a throw-in. Uh, from an, uh, an owner who undervalues him on another deal. But I guess suppose you could try to cook up two very low-end flex plays to target somebody like a courtesy. And I just think he's being a little undervalued right now. Same with DJ Moore. John Brown of the Buffalo Bills, 15% touchdown dependent. Still got 11 targets last week. Um, but it's been two pedestrian weeks in a row for John Brown. And it's a tough matchup uh, this week at Tennessee. And then the Bills have the bye next week. So... You know, we may have another opportunity this next week or two to still continue to get John Brown, but uh, who knows if he's got an owner that's already a little down on him and is aware that he's got a couple rough weeks ahead. You may be able to get John Brown as a throw-in uh, this week on the Week Five trade market. A young, beastly wide receiver that we traveled all the way out to. Old Miss Pro Day, uh, back in, was it early April I was out there? I had a scout live and in person. I thought he was eventually going to be a first-round pick just based on, not he certainly wasn't a perfect prospect, but based on the size and the speed, and he had a nice showing at his Pro Day. DK Metcalf was a value uh, in the NFL draft, and it looks like he was a value in fantasy drafts or on waiver wires early. We this It's been a little bit of a swoon, swoon the last few weeks where it does appear he's fallen behind Will Disley as the number two 
in the Seahawks offense, but that's okay. Russell Wilson's on absolute fire. DK Metcalf is a player like any other that they have, and he he's always been a project. So for him to come out of the gates as well as he did, I'm still inspired by DK Metcalf as you know, again, if he's like a throw-in, I'm getting on a deal right now, or you know, somebody I can get very, very cheap and maybe a competitive league where I gotta go a little further down the list for these guys. I still have interest in DK Metcalf. I just have interest in Seattle's passing offense and everything connected to Russell Wilson right now. Mike Williams of Los Angeles Chargers, unbelievably on waiver wires uh, right now. Uh, he can be had for peanuts. Got to be worried about his back. We're not even sure he's going to play uh, this week. And he could be like the trap guy that's just dead weight and you can't get rid of his name value on the bottom of your roster. I mean, I, I opted not to pick him up last night because – I decided to keep Preston Williams instead, and I only had one spot. So it was a somewhat of a close call. I wanted to get Mike Williams, but I, I, I hope, you know, I hope sound logic prevailed and that uh, keeping Preston Williams a guy who's healthy and has maybe more of a beat on a number one one type role with the lead target share and even what's bad offense might pay off a little bit better for me. We'll see. How that is, but nonetheless, Mike Williams is like a guy we should have interest in for sure. I mean, Dontrell Inman, I think we just found out is hurt today. Uh, Travis Benjamin sucks. Hunter Henry out. I mean, Mike Williams, if he's healthy, if this back doesn't turn out to be nagging, he does have a shot to be very, very, very good down the stretch, I would say. Okay, over to the sell side of the week five wide receiver market. We have, once again, I mentioned him from week four. Uh, one of the guys that I think we get another great opportunity right here. And, and guys, please, I implore you to take this advice on Tyrell Williams of the Oakland Raiders at only wide receiver at only six targets per game, 53% touchdown dependency. He eked it out once again last week with the touchdown. Uh, but you need to get out from underneath Tyrell Williams while you can. It was a piddly and puny performance otherwise. And anytime you can even you know pretend to pedal Tyrell Williams is a wide receiver one or as good as he has been you know on his bottom line production but I mean, that there is no clearer signal in the world and it's time to get out and get something better he's a guy you can package with one of these other guys and level up for a better player in one of these two for ones that i'm recommending you you know that you you focus in on alshon jeffrey wide receiver philadelphia eagles 5.33 targets per game 67 percent touchdown dependent the touchdown saved his ass last week. We didn't want Alshon Jeffrey in drafts, another guy we faded. If I have him, you know, I might have to keep him. But if I have him, uh, I'm trying to get rid of him and level up for sure. Alshon Jeffrey. I want somebody I trust more that I think has more upside. Demarcus Robinson, guys, the news uh, coming in right as I'm recording here. Uh, that Tyreek Hill looks like he's back at practice, may or may not play this week, but whatever it is, doesn't look like he's far away. So nonetheless, Demarcus Robinson losing some of his sheen here is going to be harder to sell. Uh, you were hoping it, the injury news stayed a little more nebulous on Tyreek Hill a little longer. At five targets a game, 42% touchdown dependency, I'd say it's safe to ship Demarcus Robinson off or whatever you can. And then, you know, Michael Hardman, I was going to say, see what you can get. Uh, you don't just take a bullshit lateral flex move, you know, uh, for him, uh, you know, or just trade him to, to trade him. But now with the Hill news coming in, 
a little bit hotter. I, I think you put Nicole Hardman right in the Marcus Robinson boat, and you just see what uh, you can get for him. And you target one of the buy low guys that we're talking about right here on this podcast, or maybe there's some other player on a roster out there that you personally love for some reason. Use Demarcus Robinson or Miko Hardman in a multiplayer trade, a two for one to level up and get the best player in return that you can. The best player in the trade. Um, we talked about Pro Day for DK Metcalf at Ole Miss uh, back in April. Also got to see A.J. Brown, one of our, you know, I think he was the number one wide receiver in the rosterwatch.com uh, NFL draft, a rookie wide receiver, pre-draft rankings. Uh, A.J. Brown fell a little bit in the NFL draft, kind of inexplicably, and he, I think he's showing everybody why. That guy's just a beast, man, and he's he's a gamer. And the thing that we have to be concerned about with A.J. Brown are the limited uh, targets and snap counts. We know he had the absolute monster uh, this last week. And in a lot of normal leagues, he's a waiver guy that just got picked up. So, of course, if I can peddle him in a trade and turn a waiver guy into something better, uh, we certainly want to do that. In leagues like that, a lot of people will kind of think to themselves, oh, I'm not going to trade for some guy, some other dude just picked up off of waivers this week, even though that really uh, doesn't make any sense at all and could be a good re- part of the reason that those type of folks are losing players because that's just a, a harebrained and cockamamie uh, like it's like misnomer, right? And it's just it's, it leads you down, it leads you uh, down the wrong path. So AJ Brown, sorry guys, let me that little aside there. Tennessee Titans only forty four percent snap count last week on three targets, ninety four yards, two touchdowns. So I mean, if you can somehow strike while the iron's hot to ship A.J. Brown off of a Marcus Mariota offense as like a throw-in on a deal that helps you get to a better player that you like, we just as much as we like him as a prospect guy we don't trust and certainly don't trust uh, Corey Davis, his teammate, always sell high on Corey Davis uh, whenever we can. Uh, you know, it was a, a better snap count, 88% for Corey Davis and six targets, 91 yards and one touchdown than, uh, for Davis than A.J. Brown last week. But, I mean, A.J. Brown's the best receiver on that team, and Corey Davis just proven he can't be trusted. And I don't care what's going on in Tennessee. I don't think that offense or Mariota, at least for now for fantasy purposes, can be. So if you could throw A.J. Brown or Corey Davis in on a deal as like a throw-in to help you get a player you want, you should 100% be doing that. Uh, Jarvis Landry is kind of similar at this point. I don't totally trust him. I mean, he finally did show some massive upside, the upside that all of us have said that he he doesn't really have. He did show that. Of course, he's concussed right now, so that could limit our opportunities here. You know, Generally, I would if he was totally healthy, I'd say, hey, guys, yeah, he flashed the upside, but we should take what we know about Jarvis Landry, and we should, we should consider using this opportunity to leverage him and ship him off uh, in a multiplayer two-for-one deal for somebody we like better. You know, in return that we trust more, that we think has more upside, just a better overall player than Jarvis Landry. Uh, you may have to hold him at this point with the concussion, and we'll see how that turns out. Maybe that sometimes the best moves are the ones that you don't make, and uh, maybe you get another week or two to assess Jarvis Landry's upside. You know, is what we saw real, or you know, was that just kind of an anomaly? And then, you know, I, he's a guy with enough name value on a good enough team that there will be other times we can try to sell him. Uh, if we need to later in the season. However, you know, if the concussion doesn't factor into too much to his value this week and I can go ahead and ship him off 
in a deal for somebody else we're targeting, uh, then I would certainly do it. You know, can you take Jarvis Landry and can you take somebody else and ship him for his teammate for Odell Beckham this week? You know, I'd even hell, I'd even take. We'll talk about some more of these. I haven't really scripted this out yet, but I'd even take like a Jarvis Landry and a Jordan Howard. Uh, and move up for an Odell Beckham. If you could pull that off, that would be amazing. Go Jarvis Landry, maybe LaShawn McCoy. You know, things things along those lines are what we need to be considering here. Make sense of your roster. Make sense of the other team's roster. Guys, it I mean, it really should take about I'd say 15 you know, it takes a few minutes. It takes a few minutes. It takes a few minutes to craft a good offer, you know. I'm going to say 15 minutes. I mean, take some time. Look over theirs. Look over yours. See what makes sense. Sterling Shepard with Golden Tate coming back. Uh, Shepard come, should come back down to earth a little bit, uh, although he did have nine targets still this last week. Uh, but I think I'm trying to sell Sterling Shepard in a package deal for a player uh, that I like more where I can while I still can. Still can. He still has – if he still has some momentum in your league based on recent performance and all the you know hype around Daniel Jones – I think those things could contribute to making Sterling Shepard a player that you can very much still put in a trade and uh, get somebody back that you like. Robert Woods was on the buy low last week. He immediately overcorrected. He's a fine guy to keep. He's proven that. Overall, in the end, he'll probably this year be with Cooper Cup if he stays healthy. I think you'll end up seeing Robert Woods be a low-end wide receiver too. More than likely where, where he ends up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those guys this year. So, he, but he's fine to keep. Uh, but I would try to send him off for a better player. I mean, he's he's replaceable. His targets are nice, nine and a half per game. But let's face it, Robert Woods is a possession guy with zero touchdowns on the board this season. The Rams like to go to Gurley. They like to go to Cup. They actually like to go to both their tight ends in the red zone. That's how Sean McVay likes to dial it up. And the big plays go to Brandon Cooks. So it just kind of leaves Robert Woods the odd man out. I really see him big picture no better than a 2B in Los Angeles with the Rams when all other things are equal. So I'd use Robert Woods this week as bait to land a much bigger fish. Some of the aforementioned wide receivers that we spoke about on the buy side of things uh, this week. Um, you know, even I'd, I'd even rather have a, you know, a Marquise Brown, a Josh Gordon, you know, I think you got to think about a Juju. You know, certainly we're interested in taking a Robert Woods and going up higher than that if we can, if it's if it's even possible. You have to see. You know, you have to. You guys know your league's best. Uh, this is just. This should give you a a path forward. Uh, okay, guys, this is a big, deep list of players that I say I, I observe the message boards every week at RosterWatch.com, and I see who everybody's fussing over and asking about. And, you know, there's a lot of guys It's not very clear what exactly to do with them. So this is like the what do I do with these guys list? I've got running backs. I've got wide receivers. I'd say most of these guys in the end are going to be holds just circumstantially. But I'll give you my thoughts here. Running back Ronald Jones. In my opinion, probably a sell, maybe a hold. Running back Aaron Jones. This is another guy I waited on this one last week. Serendipity, uh, you know, really unintendedly kind of had it with the Jamal Williams injury that that worked in our favor. Um, I think Aaron Jones, running back Green Bay Packers, could be a hold. He could be a sell. I'd encourage all of you guys to use the tools over at rosterwatch.com to help 
help you know make your own personal evaluation about what you think the trajectory of this player is and uh, if you if you own them you know if you're if you're interested in obtaining them Nick Chubb interesting I'm seeing movement on Nick Chubb I mean he's obviously coming off the monster game so maybe not so unusual but seeing movement on Nick Chubb this week uh, some people certainly think that they are selling high on Nick Chubb in order to obtain a super elite player like a Christian McCaffrey or a Zeke Elliott. I'd say for most people, Nick Chubb is a hold. And for those of you that choose to hold him or have to hold him, if you're weary, just be early to waivers on Kareem Hunt and you know, kind of try to put that headache to bed a little bit. I'm not as worried about that as some other people are. I mean, when a guy's playing lights out, I mean, maybe Hunt's going to take some sheen off, but I just don't see how he steals his his job. Jalen Samuels, running back, Pittsburgh Steelers, finally reared his head a little bit on Monday Night Football, a longtime golden son of Roster Watch Nation, a guy we've scouted since the senior bowl, a guy that I personally was just beating the drum loudly for at the senior bowl. He was out there with Rashad Penny and... Who else am I forgetting? Another another really good running back was out there as well. Oh, well, Kalen Balazs, not so good. And there was a couple other ones. Uh, anyways, Jalen Samuels, I'd say may he's a hold probably, but he could be a sell to the James Conner owner. Uh, those are two kind of standalone players potentially at this point. Uh, and as opposed to the Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler situation that could potentially go in either direction, this is one that almost certainly won't go in the other direction. Like, uh, you know, the Jalen Samuels owner is not going to really – I find it unlikely. They're, they view Jalen Samuels as a standalone player. I find it unlikely they're going to go out of the way to muddle the situation and give themselves a headache by trading for uh, James Conner. Instead, I think they're hoping to farm a little bit of value on Jalen Samuels and use them as needed or you know, parlay them into something else along the way. More likely I'd see this trade being a, you know, James Conner owner realizing it, it, it would be shrewd to roster Jalen Samuels and everybody getting to the table and coming to something reasonable before this thing gets sideways one way or the other. Chris Carson running back, uh, Seattle Seahawks. I told you exactly what to do with Chris Carson in detail to the T last week on this podcast. Uh, we saw it work out both ways. You know, I said you kind of had a two-way go on Chris Carson last week, and we saw it work out both ways for a lot of our users who chose different paths. Uh, I think uh, Chris Carson did this last week what was necessary. He did indeed do what was necessary to reassert uh, himself as the lead dog at the running back position for the Seahawks. So good for him. Kudos to those of you who chose the path of Holding Chris Carson. However, I am down on Chris Carson this week in a short week after a big workload with the rested Rashad Penny coming down. Uh, you know, again, I think you could go either way on Chris Carson, but for those of you wondering what to do with him if he's on your roster, I think Chris Carson is still a hold or possibly a sell. We are not buying Chris Carson. Devontae Freeman, Atlanta Falcons, he's a hold or a sell. Pretty decent schedule the next month for Devontae Freeman, and he has been trending trending positively in recent weeks. 20 touches last week for Devontae Freeman, even with Edo Smith back. Most of those in the past game, though. Uh, he did lose the goal line touchdown to Edo Smith and still was only a 63% snap count participant 
for Atlanta, which seems to be where he settled in at when Ito's healthy. That's you know Atlanta wants to manage Freeman's workload. And it strikes me they'd really like to keep him around that 60, no more than 65% mark. And that's just going to come in a little bit below what we really like out of our RB2s. The good news is they gave him the touches while he was in. 20 touches on 63% snap count was really, really nice. So I think he could go a, a little bit either way. But, you know, I'm just, you know, how much do we completely trust Devontae Freeman. There's likely a few breakout games, I'd say, on the horizon, over the near horizon, over the course of the next month. Um, But this could still be a good moment to parlay Devontae Freeman into a better player that you trust more in a two-for-one trade while clearing a roster spot, while liberating a roster spot for another big uh, pickup off the waiver wire. I mean, that's just the cycle that we need to continue with. Hold or sell Devontae Freeman. I think we can go either way. Leonard Fournette. I'd say he's a hold. I'm personally keeping him. Maybe you're smarter than I am, or at least think that you are. And uh, maybe you think you need to or want to or are selling high on Leonard Fournette. And if that's the case, I'm not going to admonish you too much for that. You know, But you better be cashing in for the Christian McCaffreys, the Zeke Elliott's of the world, or you better be liquidating Leonard Fournette into two really awesome pieces if you're going down uh, that path. Marlon Mack, Indianapolis Colts, a running back that folks on the message boards at rosterwatch.com are just wondering kind of what in the heck should they be doing with him? How should they value him? Uh, is he a guy that's in play on the trade market? You know, I'd say in some leagues, possibly so he will be. Look, Marlon Mack not practicing. I think he's somebody we need to at least be considering. He's a bit of a nebulous situation with his ankle right now. Uh, and he's kind of steadily faded since the big, big week one. I mean, but he is the only show in town in Indianapolis. So for you guys that are either interested in Marlon Mack or there's an opp- there's somehow an opportunity in your league to obtain Marlon Mack, for those of you who roster Marlon Mack, I would really – you guys are listening to the things that I'm honing in on here. I would really encourage all of you guys – to go use the tools over on the website, over at rosterwatch.com, to drill down into their production, drill down into their what their scenario is setting up like, and figure out what Marlon Mack's relevance in it is in your league, and you know go from there, you know, uh, uh, behave accordingly. Royce Freeman, Denver Broncos, not somebody we're going way out of the way for, you know, but people are kind of asking about him because he looks good, but he's not getting a whole bunch of touches, so. I think he's just – more than likely, like I said, most of these guys are going to be holds in the end. But, I mean, Royce Freeman is somebody that I can consider. Like if I'm getting real maniacal and looking over every player in my league, Royce Freeman's a guy I'm spending a few minutes looking at, figuring out, you know, if there's no other deal on other players with that owner. Like is there, is there something for Royce Freeman or is he a throw-in or something that I get back? I like, Guys, a lot of people think uh, – I don't want to say a lot of people. Some people think that they are selling high, I I believe, on Christian McCaffrey after epic workloads to begin the season. You know, I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey is a hold. Um, But I've seen some movement. I've seen a little movement on Christian McCaffrey so far this week. Um, I mean, guys, he's the best player in fantasy. It's a rare, rare circumstance where you ever want to give up the best player in fantasy. Remember, usually we want to be getting, almost always we want to be getting the best player back in any of these trades. Um, 
But let's if you are one in the camp that you want to consider trading Christian McCaffrey high or selling him high again, I'm saying he's a he's a hold. Uh, you know, I would I would say maybe somebody like Alvin Kamara. Uh, in addition to maybe like a Zeke Elliott, those are the kind of guys plus something I would want back. Uh, you know, other if I was even considering selling Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, but it's mostly winning teams, very winning teams that are looking to add somebody like McCaffrey. They just want the biggest horses possible at the top in their roster, and I just think it's unlikely they're gonna uh, you know provide you. They want to pair him with those other play players. So I'd say this is a, Christian McCaffrey in the end is a hold and he should be a hold. But again, I'm seeing a few things about him and seeing some movement and, and, and look here, it's also unlikely that any team that rosters Christian McCaffrey would ever need to liquidate him because you're probably a winning team. So what the hell would you need to li- liquidate him for? So rarely guys, do we ever want to give up to super elite players in fantasy? This is what we do. All of this, work for uh damian williams kansas city chiefs talked about daryl williams or darrell williams and um shady mccoy earlier damian williams probably a hold but he you know i'd say he might be a sell too and at this point if at this point if you can if you're not if at this point if there's somebody you can get that you trust more and and damian williams has appeal in your league for whatever reason still. And I'm mean, not that he does or should, you know, I'd probably rather have somebody like Joe Mixon than Damian Williams. And I'm a Damian Williams owner at this point. I was in a no man's land in my draft and really had no choice. He was kind of forced upon me and it's been a, a rough go. Um, at this point, I'd rather have somebody like Joe Mixon than Damian Williams as bad as he's been. Like I said, the pendulum has swung so far on Mixon it's like, what do you have to lose? If I can get it for cheap enough and he busts, oh, well, I'll move on with my life. If I could take Damian Williams and something and get a player like a Joe Mixon right now, uh, I'm certainly considering it. You could maybe go after a lower-end wide receiver too, maybe you know a disappointed Juju owner, um, maybe the DJ Moores of the world. Uh, something along those lines. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's keep getting along here uh, as we kind of head down the stretch of the week five uh, tradecast, the rosterwatch.com tradecast. By the way, guys, if you don't subscribe to the Rosterwatch podcast on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please do and give us a five-star rating and a fantastic review. We would certainly appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at Rosterwatch and support us with the pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Uh, let's talk about the some of the wide receivers that people are, I don't want to say throwing their hands up, asking what to do with, but just folks that, that and again, people aren't sure what to do with. I think they're in play in some leagues. And uh, here are my thoughts. So let's begin with Chris Godwin. He's just been an absolute monster to begin the season. Roster Watch Nation owns all the Chris Godwin, all the Tyler Lockett. That's just been such a winner for us from that round four area in all of our leagues. You guys that are listening know it. I know it. Um, I've seen your rosters. I've simulated all those drafts. I own these guys. Alex owns these guys. We all do. I mean, Chris Godwin's a hold. But, you know, you could – there are some – you could make a small outside argument that he's a bit of a sell high at almost 40% touchdown dependent on just over eight targets per game on a team with Mike Evans where you still don't tr- totally trust a Jameis Winston. 
I mean, he was a great draft pick and a player we still love, Chris Godwin, and I'm very, very happy to keep him. I could see Chris Godwin being on the table in the right deal this week for a megastar at wide receiver. And when I say megastar, I'm talking Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you got, if you're a Chris Godwin owner, I mean, that's, that's Alex would say it's malfeasance. It's sheer negligence not to consider taking Chris Godwin and figuring out if there's a low-impact way to turn him into DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham this week. It, it, are they going to outperform him on the season? It's not guaranteed, but they should, right? I mean, those are the risks we have to be willing to take. We're not chicken littles. We're not. We're rational actors. We are not individuals who act out of any rational amount of fear. We want to get aggressive, and we're here to win it, guys. We're here to go big or go home. And a player you can potentially do that with, Tyreek Hill. I was going to have him on the buy low side of things uh, again this week. Unfortunately not with the news today. He's back at practice and very close to return. So he's just a hold at this point. If there's some unlikely circumstance in your league that Tyreek Hill is a buy, obviously we're very interested. Stefan Diggs was a buy low last week. Still a little bit dinged up. I think you could go any direction with Stefan Diggs this week. Could be a sell high now that we have the moment to get rid of him. It could be a hold because he has a really nice upcoming schedule. Uh, you know, you know, or he could be a buy again if you don't roster him. Uh, if his owner is miscalculating the value of the bounce back he's having and, you know, the quality of his upcoming schedule. Stefan Diggs, a very interesting guy this week, somebody that's certainly going to garner, garner a lot of consideration in the trade market this week, at least from his owners are pondering, contemplating what they should be doing. Robbie Anderson, again, one of these other cats that got a little out of the bag was that right as I'm, you know, recording today is that Sam Darnold is actually – you know, contrary to news earlier in the week, is beginning to trend towards playing this week. So that it's probably going to make. I'm a Robbie Anderson owner. For anybody smart, that's going to make him a hold with just a monster matchup this on tap this week at Philadelphia. Even without Darnold, I think he was a hold for most sharp Robbie Anderson owners who've kept him this long. No Quincy and Nunwa. I mean, he's he's darn. He's a slick wide receiver. He's gotten past that brutal. A strength of schedule to begin the season everybody was so worried about Robbie Anderson could be like a real really nice player with Sam Darnold uh, here down the stretch so I was if Darnold was going to be out this week I was thinking maybe you know the week to get Anderson last was probably last week before, you know during the bye week uh, I think the folks were holding him or we're going to keep him and if and nobody was going to give up very much for Robbie Anderson on his bye last week with what Darnold looking still like he could be two three uh, weeks out so more than likely a hold for Robbie Anderson uh, but it look if you can buy him for some unknown reason if he's undervalued in your league I like Robbie Anderson uh, as a as a as a really decent player to pursue um, not going to go bananas obviously Adam Thielen uh, so much of his sell high profile remains from last week uh, you know coming off the bad week and you know we know he had the situation with Kirk Cousins you know, this week, uh, this last week. Uh, so I think Adam Thielen is at the at overall probably a hold coming off of, uh, you know, a, a relatively, you know, coming off of definitely what was a bad week where Stefan Diggs got the, got all the action. Uh, again, you know, last week I'm looking at this Adam Thielen. Yes. 
was a sell high in the trade cast last week. So much of that profile remains, but now he's coming off the bad week. So I think you're kindly stuck with him. This is what I'm saying. Things change so much in a week that the ship sails. You got to strike while the iron's hot on these guys that you're going to get rid of. You can't afford to be lazy or lackadaisical. I mean, you got to make moves on these players that like you don't trust on the season, you know, especially the ones that could still have like decent name value when they're hot, get rid of them to desperate teams and get guys, uh, you know, that you trust more. Could it be a buy for Adam Thielen right now? Maybe. Maybe he talks it out with Kirk Cousins. Maybe that thing gets back on track. And maybe he's just so undervalued right now because everybody hates the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. And last week was piss poor for Thielen. And really, even before he – last week, his, touch, his production was very touchdown dependent. His targets were low. So if there's a totally disenfranchised Adam Thielen, that's another guy that could go anyway. I mean, he, there's everybody's got a price tag. If he's cheap enough, I could be interested. But – I expect some movement on Adam Thielen this week. Jamison Crowder, New York Jets, is a player I think is being undervalued. You heard my take on that on the Waiver Wire podcast yesterday with Alex. I couldn't believe he cleared waivers in a couple of my leagues today. Um, I just think he's being undervalued, especially with Sam Darnold very, very close to returning. Uh, in any, any PPR format, Jameson Crowder needs to be owned or pursued or picked up. T.Y. Hilton, 55% touchdown dependency, 8.33 targets per game. Um, but he did have the good start to the season, and Jacoby Brissett looks solid. So, I mean, look at his upcoming schedule. If you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, if you're interested in T.Y. Hilton and monitor his injury status, he could be I, – I, he's not a buy in my opinion. So don't don't even – 55% touchdown dependent, eight, only eight targets a game, a guy we were weary of preseason. Let's not worry about investigating T.Y. Hilton as a buy wide receiver. Let's worry about whether we want to hold or sell T.Y. Hilton. If we're a T.Y. Hilton owner, I would strongly urge you to look at his upcoming schedule and use that as one of the main mechanisms to make your decision on what you want to do with T.Y. Hilton. Kenny Galladay, Detroit Lions, uh, 50%. Touchdown dependency, nine targets per game. Uh, he is on bye this week, unfortunately. So I don't know. I mean, I think you're going to have to hold him. I mean, so much of me wants to say go after a top receiver with him. Go after a Beckham, you know, even a still if you can get a Michael Thomas. Go after DeAndre Hopkins uh, with the Kenny Galladay. I'm not that sure that you can. You know, you might be able to get with Kenny Galladay as a Marquise Brown. And I tell you guys, don't usually make the one-for-one trades – and with the Galladay deal, I would have said take Galladay and one other player and go up for a Hopkins or Odell or a, a, maybe a Michael Thomas. But with Galladay on by, that may be unlikely this week. He's a fine hold. He's a fine hold. I like him the rest of the way. But, you know, if I could trade, I could see a Marquise Brown owner saying, hey, I'm not sure about this guy. I'll take, I'm good at wide receiver. Brown was a wake, waiver wire pickup for me. I don't have to start him this week. And I right now I'm more comfortable with Galladay. So I'll, I'll eat his buy and swap those two straight up i would i would consider sending kenny galladay for marquise brown but that's a close call kenny galladay overall most likely a hold this week michael thomas just spoke about him of the new orleans saints guys he's got the low touchdown percentage uh dependency percentage so he's he's performing at a very sustainable rate right now and he's still getting the targets and there's nine targets this last week for michael thomas it's not the epic monster load that uh, target load he would get from drew Brees, but enough to keep him viable and with every week that passes we're getting closer and closer to a drew Brees return michael thomas is a guy that i'm holding or i'm buying if i can brandon cooks 
Uh, Los Angeles Rams, he's been good, was kind of the odd man out this last week. I mean, more than likely he's a hold. Um, but And he could go any direction, but he could be in play this week if somebody's disenfranchised from what happened with him last week. I never mind adding a Brandon Cooks. He's not going to be the principal in any deals that I do. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Washington Redskins, the rookie that's been outstanding so far. Most people think he's going to be awesome with Dwayne Haskins because of their Ohio State connection but Haskins looked horrible on Sunday and I don't really like hamstring injuries for speedsters either over 40 percent touchdown dependency for Terry McLaurin out of the gate this season at only eight targets per game already showing durability issues as a rookie very good player we've loved him and have been on the forefront of the Terry McLaurin fan club since the senior bowl I mean I argued early in the week he was having as good of a senior bowl as Debo Samuel and people thought that was kind of cockamamie um and he's a fine hole, Terry McLaurin, but I wouldn't blame you for selling high on Terry McLaurin and capitalizing on his early season momentum in a two-for-one deal where you level up for a better player on a better team than Terry McLaurin on the Washington Redskins. Amari Cooper, uh, Dallas Cowboys. I'm worried about Amari Cooper's targets. Uh, his touchdown dependency remains high. Uh, he, you know, he, We saw last week that he's still not matchup proof. Uh, it could be just a better version of the same old Amari Cooper in Dallas. Uh, which was always a possibility. The saving grace, he was a 97% snap count along with Zeke Elliott. So those two young bucks clearly like by a mile leading the way for the Cowboys as it, as they should be, way out in front of everybody else. So that is encouraging. We do have Michael Gallup coming back, which seemingly would hurt Cooper, who's in a little bit of a swoon. But Cooper was doing his damage early with Gallup on the field. So every once in a while we would see one of these counterintuitive situations uh where when somebody like michael gallup comes back in a strange way it actually opens things up for a guy like amari cooper the defense has more to worry about and he's still going to be the central target uh, focus of the targets uh going to look either way amari cooper's going to have some monster games down the way the conservative view to take of it and, and prepare for is just to resign that we're gonna have to live with the downs with this guy uh, it's a tough matchup on paper this week with green bay but you know, he's not matchup proof, but Cooper can get loose on anybody. He's got great separation skills. So, uh, I mean, you're going to play him if you have him, obviously. But he does have two glorious matchups, Amari Cooper does, after this week uh, against Green Bay. He's got the Jets and the Eagles, two of the best matchups in all of fantasy for your wide receivers. So he's about to get real right real soon, one way or the other. So Amari Cooper, probably a hold. Could be a sell if you're goosey about some of these, some of his profile here, which rightfully – uh, it could be, and maybe there's a rare situation where he's a buy low right now, and you're looking at those matchups I just mentioned, Jets and Philadelphia, and not this week, but in the next two weeks. If somehow he's a buy low, use the tools. Come over to rosterwatch.com, use the tools, have a look, and figure it out in your own league. Uh, if you know, on the other hand, if I could use Amari Cooper to get up to an Odell Beckham or a DeAndre Hopkins, I probably would. DJ Chark, Baby Shark. Uh, 6.5 targets per game. It's been a good run for him. He's probably a hold. You're happy with what you're getting out of him. Uh, but I, I think with you know Gardner Minshew and at six and a half targets a game, with what still needs to be and should be a Leonard Fournette offense, if you can throw DJ Charkin on a deal while he's got a lot of sheen that helps net you uh, a big player, I mean that's that's a very advisable move. Cortland Sutton. Of the Denver Broncos, only 28% touchdown dependency, but less than eight targets per game, and he is playing with Joe Flacco. Uh, 
There are some rumors percolating of a potential Emmanuel Sanders trade. We've heard some people pour water on those. Other people kind of prop them up. So if that happened, that could potentially be big net gains for Cortland Sutton this year. Contrary, unlike versus what happened last year when everybody got a little out over their skis when Demarius Thomas was traded and people thought that'll open things up for Sutton. It didn't last year, but there was a cautionary tale. Guys, you can go watch all of the Cortland Sutton SMU Pro Day video that I personally filmed myself where Jason Garrett worked him out in front of uh, the entire contingency of NFL scouts, Trey Quinn uh, as well. You can watch all of that um, a scouting video that I filmed myself on Cortland Sutton right there in Dallas, Texas over at rosterwatch.com. And you can see why Cortland Sutton was not a route runner that was ready for the NFL. He took so much instruction from Jason Garrett that day and to clean up his routes, were just, which were really just not precise. And so we always knew it was going to be a two second year breakout for Cortland Sutton. Are we suspected that's where our head was always out? But God, of course, when Emmanuel Sanders goes down and Demarius Thomas gets traded, you don't have a lot of choice but to, I mean, in the end, you know, you have to look at Cortland Sutton and you had to do it last year. I'd say this year if Sanders gets traded, it's a different situation. Sutton just continues to climb the ladder to like alpha dog in that passing offense. So, uh, you know, on the other side, I can see guys who think that Cortland Sutton is a sell high as well. You know, I said it earlier, I tried to put him and Freeman together last week for Hopkins. Would I do that this week? I'm not sure. I should consider that it's on less than eight targets a game with Joe Flacco. It could be a good moment just to say, screw it and get up to a premium player. I trust more and just put the, all these headaches to bed and just keep playing the waiver wire game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, trade rumors that I just mentioned. He's been great on the season so far. So what I'm going to do with him totally depends on my roster. Uh, You could totally consider using Emmanuel Sanders in a two-for-one to level up to an Odell Beckham or a Hopkins, uh, if at all possible. I mean, there could be some guys in your league that are calculating, wow, if I – Sanders has been really good so far, so I'm, I like him now. And if he gets traded, it's to a team who really wants him with a better quarterback. And 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 whether this – I don't necessarily agree with this, but they may in their head have said this cooked up this idea that he could even be better if he lands somewhere else. So if that's the case, there could be over targets out there who value Emmanuel Sanders quite a bit. If, I, if that person is a DeAndre Hopkins or an Odell Beckham owner, that's a trade I'm looking to get in on. Larry Fitzgerald in the desert. Jerry Rice thinks that that he is going to break his all-time reception record over the course of the next uh, two years. He says, uh, thank God he's got 36 other records. But Larry Fitzgerald uh, is is, uh, taking father time to the mat and beating him to the pulp. He still looks awesome. Nine targets per game, 28% touchdown dependency, all very sustainable for Larry Fitzgerald, who's really still the lead dog in that passing offense. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury haven't gotten to the start to, as an offensive juggernaut if they, as they'd want, but let's face it, they're running a lot of they're, – they're, they're throwing with a lot of volume, and Kyler Murray is going to have his ups and downs, but he looks pretty damn functional. You know, they're not winning games. He looks very functional, and they, they can have some blow-up spots. So we got Christian Kirk, who looks like he's uh, about to be limited with Im- injury. Uh, who knows for how long, but that's something we need to keep an eye off. So some of Larry Fitzgerald came out like gangbusters to begin this season. Some of that early season sheen could be wearing off. So Fitzgerald prop could be a hold. 
but if his owner is losing interest or undervaluing him, I could certainly have interest in Larry Fitzgerald. Christian Kirk, people wonder what to do with him. Obviously, we've got to watch his injury. He's unlikely to play in week five. But based on his targets to begin the season, we do have to maintain some level of interest or at least you know monitoring of Christian Kirk. I would, I would take Christian Kirk back as a throw-in on a deal right now. No problem. Calvin Ridley, another second-year uh, you know, wide receiver that everybody was hoping would break out, much like Christian Kirk, mentioned it you know, last week with Mike Williams as, you know, you know, what do we do with him? Maybe he's a buy low. Who knows? Let's keep an eye on him. At 5.75 targets per game, uh, we certainly, you know, you're certainly starting to worry us a little bit about Calvin Ridley. Our intel coming from Falcons training camp was that even as beastly as he looked that this was still a very close situation between him and Mohamed Sanu as to who the true number two was, which is so disappointing because you know, Ridley's just a monster when they get him the ball. And, and and coming out in week one and two, it looked like maybe that was subterfuge. Maybe Ridley really was the guy, but I think we've seen that revert back and it's kind of gone in Sanu's favor in recent weeks. And so I just I think that's a seesaw that can go back and forth. And even any given time, you're going to be best playing Calvin Ridley and you know matchup playing him in the really good matchups with the uh, games that are scripted for a high game total. That's where you're going to have your best shot to get action out of Calvin Ridley moving forward at 5.75 targets per game. If that doesn't approve versus, like I said, at Muhammad Sanu at seven and three quarters targets per game, it's a 75% snap count for Calvin Ridley, which is encouraging, but that's against Sanu's 80% snap count. So, you know, Calvin Ridley, he's a guy that I'm probably, you probably got to hold right now, but as soon as he has a big game, I think I'm going to take him and use him to try to level up in a two for one into a player that I trust. Uh, and and like more. If you're unable to do that, you're just going to have to hold him and ride the wave. Calvin Ridley will still be a decent wide receiver three with big upside in any given week. Um, but we're certainly not impressed with anything we've seen from Dan Quinn or really much Falcons related so far this season. Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati Bengals, coming off a down week. He's still the only guy I trust in the Bengals' offense. Uh, he's a hold or potentially a buy uh, with the John Ross injury news. A.J. Green, his teammate, uh, I continue to not be super interested here unless I'm just absolutely bored and I'm 4-0 and and I'm just itching to make a trade. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before I get out of here, let me give you some examples of some trades we might try uh, to construct in our own leagues using, you know, using the players we discussed today and the concepts we discussed today. So let's give you an example of a trade if we want to take that one big stab. It's our last chance to go after an 0-4, maybe 1-3 team who has Saquon Barkley. And we're a 4-0 team with a ton of depth, and we're just going YOLO. It's fine on a player like that on Barkley. I mean, that's a season winner if you get him in and pair him with the right guy. The stab I would take for Saquon Barkley this week is I would take Todd Gurley and LaShawn McCoy. I would take Todd Gurley and James Conner. Maybe they'll take LaShawn McCoy and James Conner. I'm a little more hesitant that somebody will. But look, you're going to have to give up two good players and you're going to have to give up guys that the Barkley owner can feel good about and don't. it doesn't look like they're getting ripped off. I think he put somebody like a Gurley in there with the big enough name value who's been playing well enough. You throw somebody like LaShawn McCoy or James Conner. Those sound like really nice names. I actually think you can get done something done from a struggling Saquon Barkley owner. And boy, would that be one of the biggest moves of the season for your roster. 
Uh, Joe Mixon, if we, again, you know, he might just be a good player on a bad team and a player to avoid the entire season, but everybody has their price. And Joe Mixon has such elite capability that if his value plummets low enough, I can certainly be interested. Uh, you know, if I'm a Jordan Howard owner, even maybe even a LaShawn McCoy owner, I don't usually do deals like those. We said at one for one deals for the players in the same position, but those are guys I think right now, like if we play a name game, I would take Joe Mac- Mixon back on the season over Jordan Howard and LaShawn McCoy, definitely over Howard. Uh, what would be better to do though, guys, is, you know, it'd be better to take Tyrell Williams or Alshon Jeffrey and, you know, before I would have said maybe a, a Wayne Gallman uh, before the Saquon Barkley news today, but maybe another flex or running back of value, of decent value. And, uh, you know, you know, or maybe a small throw in like an A.J. Brown, you know, to a losing team. Or take maybe, a you know, a Daryl Williams or a Damian Williams and a Corey Davis or something along those lines. And, you know, go after a Joe Mixon. I'm a Damian Williams owner. Would I take Damian Williams right now and put him with Corey Davis and train him for Joe Mixon? Yes, I would. Absolutely. Every day, all day, um, I would on the week five trade market. Austin Eckler and Devin Singletary. If you guys are interested in pursuing those players on the trade market this week, I would offer a sell high wide receiver three or at most two low end flex options. Um, if you have to, uh, to get those guys. And if you really want them or really need them, uh, Deandre Hopkins and Odell Beckham, I think I gave you guys plenty of kind of ideas over the course of this podcast, how I would approach them, uh, take two players and package them for either DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham. You'll be thanking me in a few weeks or down the stretch in your fantasy playoffs when you're headed towards a championship. Tyreek Hill, uh, at this point, I think we got to just, you're not going to be able to trade for him. I was going to say before the, before we had his injury news, you could treat him maybe somewhat like Hopkins and Odell. But at this point, uh, you know, maybe you can try the same type of offer. Maybe you could try a Chris Godwin, one of these players. Uh, I don't think a Tyrell Williams plus anything is going to get it done anymore, but maybe a, you could take a Chris Godwin, somebody else, and get a Tyreek Hill done right now. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Uh, I think you can take two flex players that we've discussed uh, during today's podcast as sell high uh, or, you know, it's just sell. Not everybody's a sell high here, but some of these guys are just sells, as sell type flex players. I think you could take two of them and make a legitimate offer for Marquise Hollywood. Uh, Brown this week to at least two players that you uh, view as sells uh, a little bit more a couple last things here guys at quarterback I would never bring this up Patrick Mahomes uh, you probably can't get him but after a quiet week and no real epic monsters yet to begin the season no buy until week 12 he's the one quarterback I'm willing to go out of my way and spend some extra time having a look around in most of my leagues even if I already have a good quarterback, just to see what his status is. That's a season changer if in the off chance that Patrick Mahomes is somehow available in your league. And then Austin Hooper with an epic start to the season. I mean, he's probably a hold for most of you guys riding that wave. Is certainly a, I, I would always consider Austin Hooper a sell where I can. And then, guys, what makes all of this work every week, what we're doing here with this trade strategy on the Tradecast at rosterwatch.com as we optimize and consolidate our rosters in the march towards fantasy excellence, our fantasy football playoffs, where we are creating the most player equity possible up and down our roster and then leveraging it 
uh, into our starting lineups as we arm up for the nuclear arms race called the Fantasy Playoffs, where we're here to win. Uh, what makes all this work? It's, it's the waiver wire. So here's an example. You know, It's the waiver wire, because we can always replace in these two-for-one trades we're going to get the best player back. We're going to raise the player equity on our roster, and then we're going to liberate a roster spot that we are going to then replace him with waiver wire gold who's going to create more value for us. And it's just a constant escalation until you have just an ultra premium roster. So what makes this work? You can see what makes this work over on the waiver wire cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com. This week you can pick up guys like Jalen Samuels, Ronald Jones, Jamison Crowder, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, guys who were even in this podcast, and then you'll just do it again next week, and you'll sp- and you'll fill the spots that you've opened uh, next week with another two-for-one trade that you've done, and it's just uh, uh, with another rising prospect of great value. So it's just a rinse and repeat cycle, and this is how we'll improve our rosters all season long. Uh, okay, guys, obviously I uh, can't get to all of them, but we got most of them, and I think you guys get the picture for week five. Uh, if you still aren't sure what to do, come over to rosterwatch.com and join us in the message boards. Uh, subscribe to the Rosterwatch podcast on, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review, and follow us on Twitter at Rosterwatch. Thanks so much for your loyal support, everybody. This is Byron Lambert, and it's been my pleasure. Until next week. Be good, Roster Watch Nation.